Hello and welcome to the YYC Soccer Podcast. My name is Jason Komet and my co-host is Scott Strasser. Hi, Scott. Hi, Jason. How are you tonight? You know, everything is going pretty well. It's a, a cool evening. Fall is here, but uh, soccer, we're, we're still still have lots of soccer action uh, for a little while yet before the snow blows. Yeah, I think we're three or four weeks into the university season. I know we'll be chatting a little bit about that later on. And uh, uh, lots of Canadian Premier League content going on, news breaking. Found out about the uh, the regular season trophy was unveiled today, or or the uh, the new shield was unveiled today. So, yeah, lots of soccer related content and news going on, and I'm happy to to dive into it today. So, if you're our new listener, what is the YYC Soccer Podcast all about, Scott? We focus on soccer in Calgary at the amateur, collegiate, and professional levels. We talk about the teams and the players from the city's soccer community, from the grassroots and amateur leagues up to the university and professional level. And this week, we're going to talk about actually a few of the things that we we usually talk about. I guess we're going to we're going to talk about cavalry and uh, how they did last weekend, and and update what's happening this week and U twenty one minutes. We're also going to do an interview this week with Sebastian Jakowski, and he is a striker for UBC, and he's from Calgary, and he's currently leading um, Canada West, actually all of U Sports in in the scoring race. And we'll do a couple U Sport and um, ACAC updates. Yeah, so another uh, another busy episode for us, and we've been talking a lot about cavalry this season, and and or the in the on the podcast lately, and. Uh, but we got to keep doing it because they uh, they keep playing and the season is inching towards uh, the playoffs and uh, Cavalry are obviously at the top of the heap at the moment. They've already clinched a, a playoff spot and they're just four points away from clinching the regular season title. So they're having, yeah. that, they're having a great couple of months. Yeah, it's real easy to talk about them right now because it's lots of good stuff to talk about for sure. And let's go back to last week, and and we'll talk a little bit about uh, the match at Spruce Meadows, uh, where they had uh, Vancouver FC as their opponent, and they pulled out the victory again. Uh, It was 2-1. Yeah, this match was hardly what you'd call a classic, but very much a professional win by Cavalry. Uh, Professional is actually the the term that Meyer Bevan used in the press conference to describe Cavalry's performance, which, which I agree with. I was predicting a 3-0 win, and midway through the second half, it was 2-0, and it seemed like another Cavalry goal was coming, and I felt I was going to be right on with my prediction. But Vancouver made a game of it quite late, thanks to a a very well-hit strike from Renan Garcia shortly before stoppage time. That made it 2-1, and Cavalry did have to buckle down the last three or four minutes of, of stoppage time. But they were able to hold on. Their defense has been really strong lately, and this was another case of of that. But yeah, their goals, one in each half. The first half, uh, Meyer Bevan slotted home a penalty kick after Ali Moosey had been sandwiched in the box. And then in the uh, the second half, it was an own goal caused by a cross whipped in by Ben Fisk on a neat counterattack. Vancouver was a little bit unlucky, but I did feel like their defender... Uh, could have done a bit better at at getting his foot on it, but no, it was a two nothing lead, and then yeah, late goal from Renan Garcia really made a game of it. But overall, Cavalry was deserved winner. Yeah, I, I thought that strike by Vancouver near the end there it was a really well hit ball. But yeah, I think one thing if I we don't want to necessarily spend too much time analyzing Vancouver, but 
it seems like consistently defensive lapses are, are have sort of been their Achilles heel. And, and that uh, penalty that Bevan converted on, like that was just a really brutal tackle <laughs> by the Vancouver player. And then, yeah, that own goal. Yeah. So anyway, uh, at the end of the day, from the cavalry perspective, they, they got the goals and they got the points. So hard to argue with that. Absolutely. And and you're right about Vancouver. Uh, like they always seem to show glimpses of quality and, and that goal at the end was an example of that. But you're right. It's defensive lapses have been their, their downfall. They have uh, uh, 23 goals for this season and 46 goals against, which is the, the worst goals against record in the league and minus 23 goal differential. That's by far the worst goal differential in, in the CPL. They they aren't in last place anymore, though. Valor FC is in last, but Vancouver FC, you know, they're an expansion club. They've had some growing pains that they've gone through this season. I did ask um, both their, I guess he was filling in as coach, uh, Mark Village, and uh, the player who spoke to the media after the after the game. I can't remember off the top of my head who it was, but I was I was curious what they felt if they felt Vancouver had made some some strides this season and they said they had but they said that they were really you know they were basically starting from scratch as a club and as an organization new stadium new coach who hadn't coached in the league before a lot of players who hadn't played in the league before they were really you know behind the eight ball from day one which i think is fair to to say yeah for sure and for the Cavs, their next match is this upcoming Saturday afternoon, and it's in Toronto. They're facing York United. I guess right now, probably the most relevant bit of information that when prepping for this was, okay, how can the Cavs possibly clinch first place this weekend? And it is possible. What they would have to do is they have to win. They have to beat York and then Forge play specific. So if Forge wins that match or it's a tie match, then the Cavs would clinch first place. But if Pacific wins, no matter what uh, Calgary does, they can't clinch. So possible and not even a long shot, but it's it's far from a sure thing this weekend. And But, you know, there's still two more matches after this. Yeah, so there are three matches to go. York on the road, and then their, their two last games, which are against Valor and Pacific, will be at home. Uh, I do think Cavalry is going to clinch this, but I don't think it'll be this weekend. I, I feel like it'll be the weekend after. Even though I do think they're going to win win against York. Um, York are coming off a really poor performance, a 4-1 loss to Pacific. I believe it drew quite a bit of criticism from their head coach, Martin Nash. So I am curious to see what version of York we will see on Saturday. If they'll come in you know, with their tail between their legs or if they'll come in ready to make amends for that defeat last week. Okay, let's get on to the next topic we usually talk about at this time, and that's U21 minutes. So after 25 matches, the Cavs have 1,763 minutes. So they are 237 minutes short, which is an average over the next three games of 79 minutes a match. Which is about the the amount that they've been for the last number of games in terms of how many minutes they need so we continue to talk about this every episode but cavalry continues to kind of put it off they do play garrett smith doyle and mile henry every game it seems and they do get a decent amount of playing time but they tend to get subbed in or out i did ask tommy wielden jr during the press conference if cavalry does win the regular season title with a game or two to spare 
are we going to see, you know, 18 year old goalkeeper, Joseph holiday, uh, who hasn't gotten to, to play yet this season. He basically said, maybe actually he definitely, he's the word he used was maybe. So we'll see if that happens. Yeah. I think for the, this week, it's going to be status quo. We're probably going to see Smith Doyle and, and Henry play probably the usual amount of minutes, which if they've both been playing right around the hour mark. So if you then, if you said it's 240 minutes they have left and they, they knock off maybe 120 minutes today, then they're going to have 120 minutes to go with two matches left. And, and so it's still one of these things that it's, it's going to happen and it, exactly when it's going to happen and you know, how long this gets drawn out. But I, I, I think that, uh, like I said, we'll see status quo and, and who knows if, if they do end up clinching. Yeah. I, I think the next game, you're just going to see lots and lots of U 21 minutes. And so that going into the final match, they're done and they don't have to think yeah. about it. So again, specific. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I, we, they could also feel Michael harms. He got a little bit of playing time against Vancouver subbed in, in the 84th minute, I think it was. Uh, so he's another option. Again, he might get anywhere from five to 10 to 20 minutes this week. We'll see, but no, you're right. I think, uh, they're going to hit that 2000 minute thresholds either in the second last game of the season or in the last game of the season but it shouldn't really be a problem for them unless you know two or three of those u21 players get injured somebody gets injured and somebody gets a red card then all of a sudden you have almost no choice but to play holiday but anyway that that's not terribly likely to happen i guess for all those things to happen but okay let's move on to our interview um for this week we have uh ubc forward sebastian Jitkowski. His background is he is from from Calgary and he's playing in his third year with UBC. He has scored 12 goals and, and so far, which is way higher than basically anybody else in U Sports. I believe on the national goal leading list, the next player is a player from Ontario that has eight goals. And in Canada West, the second place player has four goals. So he's way ahead of that. And then his goal scoring run has really been extended from the summertime because he played for Cali's in AMSL this past year and he won the golden boot in the AMSL. So uh, he even alludes to that a little bit in the interview about how scoring a lot for Cali's has probably helped him get going this season. So yeah, uh, I was uh, a nice little chat. I haven't listened to the interview yet and uh, I wasn't able to join you for it. It seems like he's a goal scoring machine though. And, uh, uh, was that 12 goals in eight games so far as he played all? I, I believe that's right. In fact, when I looked at the stats, I believe the only game he never scored in was the last game. And that was the game that they tied, I think, or something. Okay. Against right. So, yeah. So he's basically scored in every game they've played at least, well, 12 goals, eight games. You can do the math more than a goal a game. <laughs> and, and I know, I think you, uh, you were going to ask him about this in the interview. So I imagine you guys talked about it, but he's not the only Calgarian on UBC this year, right? Yeah, we didn't really talk too much about that, but there's um, uh, a couple other Calgarians on the team. And I am I apologize in advance to the Kaiser family, but one of the Kaiser brothers, there's Marcus and Daniel, and I believe they both played last year, but this year it's only one of them. Uh, and the other the other Kaiser brother, I, I think, he didn't he play for Foothills this year, I believe? In Could Lee be wrong. Or in, yeah. 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 And, and anyway, only one of the Kaiser brothers are, are with UBC this year. And I believe there is one other Calgarian on the team, but I, 
I can't remember who it is, but Sebastian's not the only Calgarian. There's a couple others. Which is neat to see because not that long ago, it was almost unheard of for Calgarian players to crack the roster at UBC. UBC has traditionally drawn a lot of their players from, I think, like the Vancouver Whitecaps residency program. So they have a lot of uh, alumni from that program, and uh, they tend to be a pretty BC-heavy squad and really tough for a Calgarian to get recruited to that program, which, as we know, is the powerhouse of Canada West. So very cool to see a Calgarian succeed with them to the extent that Sebastian Joukowsky is this year. For sure. So let's run that interview now. I'd like to welcome Sebastian Joukowsky to the podcast today. Sebastian is currently with uh, UBC Thunderbirds and is currently leading Canada West in goal scoring. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Congratulations on leading the league in scoring so far this year. What's been really the key to your success that you've really been able to, um, I think, 12 goals, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, 12 goals as of this moment right now. You know, it's a good question. I think that, I mean, the reality is we have a very talented team and I'm lucky enough to, you know, have guys around me that are looking for me in the box. And like, if you, if you look at our statistics, you know, I'm, I'm obviously doing quite well in terms of goals and points and whatnot, but there's a few other guys that are, you know, not, not far behind Luke Norman in particular, who likes to play in the 10. He's gotten multiple assists through me. Connor Mrazik's putting up great numbers. Like there's a bunch of guys in the world. So like, like obviously, you know, I'm getting in good positions and, and um, I, I pride myself on, on, you know, being a kind of a fox in the box, but, but it's my teammates that are finding me. And I think there's a lot of situations where, where we're getting a lot of assists and combinations and whatnot. So it's really kind of due to them. I know you mentioned about your teammates, but do you think there's been any changes in your approach to the game that's maybe made any changes for you that's resulted in all the goals this year? I think that there's definitely a few things. I think overall, I'm just playing with with a bit more confidence. I was uh, I was playing in Calgary back home for the summer, playing with Cali's, like just doing AMSL, like Alberta Major League Soccer, and um, and that was it was good to kind of get my get myself going, get my uh, kind of shooting boots on. Um, had a pretty good season there where I could kind of rack up goals and then I just kind of took that confidence into our preseason and then now into our regular season so I think that's been a big change from years past because obviously um, in years past with TBC there's a, you know, there's been a lot of com- competition with the likes of like Victory, Shambusho or like Tristan Gohi and so on and so forth. We always have a multitude of, of great attacking options so I think that's been a big one another thing is just kind of what I touched on earlier like my, my movement and positioning in the box has been a big focus of mine I've been kind of watching a lot of film and analyzing players like you know the Haalans the Lewandowski's the Benzema's of the world and just kind of tracking their movement and their little fake runs in the boxes and whatnot and trying to kind of mimic those and and it's paid off actually you uh you touched on something there that was going to be one of my questions uh, uh in a couple questions but I'm going to talk about it right now um about your experience with the Cowleys. I, I noticed that uh, this year you did play for them and I believe you got the golden boot in AMSL. I think it was 11 goals or something like that. Yes, how, yes. How did you end up with the Cowleys? Like what was the the process? Well, so I was I was lucky enough to play with them uh, in 2021. The, just I, as we were kind of, everyone was getting out of COVID. There was that 
yeah, like a, a, a summer season that started off where we weren't traveling like up to Edmonton or anything much. I think it was still like local in Calgary, but I played with them two years ago and like I, I had known a few of the guys uh, through some youth soccer, through some in- individual training and whatnot, as some of them were like personal trainers, so on and so forth. And I just liked the group. And then in 2022, I stayed back in Vancouver because I was I was on co-op for school and I was playing with, uh, with League One BC with our Varsity FC at the time. And so then when I came back to, to Calgary in 2023, I just reached out to the Callies again because I knew that a bunch of them were still on that team. I knew that it was a good level. They brought in some new, uh, like some new faces, some strong, uh, strong players, and I, I figured it would be a, a good group to keep myself around to you know stay competitive and stay fit. So that was kind of the, the thought process. When you come to play in, in AMSL this year, how would you say compare it to? League One BC last year. Like, what what are the differences between the two? Yeah, so um, it's a good question. I'd say there's a lot. Like, like you get older guys in AMSL. Like, it's like I, I find I find League One BC is is probably similar to League One Alberta. It's a lot of you know young young talent, new faces, kind of anywhere between that like eighteen to twenty four year twenty four year old range. While you know playing for AMSL, there's you know there's guys that are you know getting around 30 35 but they're still great so i'd say like it might be i'd, I'd argue that amsl might even be more physical i'd compare it more to like a vmsl premier kind of level in terms of the physicality but there's no denying that you know league one bc was filled with with university players the likes of uh you know uvic and trinity western and ufc and even guys from the prairies like mru and whatnot coming in and playing for for different teams i'd say the level might be a little bit higher at league one bc but it's not I wouldn't say it's uh, like a drastic difference because you also have the likes of like, um, you know, UFC has a team in the AMSL. There's guys that play for SAIT that play in the AMSL. U of A has a team. So I think overall, there's there's definitely a lot of similarities too. Growing up in Calgary, what was your background? Like what clubs did you play for growing up uh, as a youth? <laughs> yeah, that's actually a, a funny question because I kind of bounced around a little bit. So in terms of like, I'd say competitive club, because obviously I did like, the you know u6 for edgemont like just a community thing right start off with but um i think it was around u10 u12 i went to calgary west for about a year or two and then our whole team transferred over to southwest united in which i played there for i believe like three four years i want to say then i moved to villains because before i was playing with the 2000s then i went and joined the villains villains a one team, uh, which I stayed for, I think also kind of three, four years. And then I finished off kind of like my U16 to pretty much up until I graduated, I stayed with Foothills and finished off there. Getting recruited to UBC, how did you end up there? Because, you know, it's not the really super obvious location for Calgarians. I know there you're not the only Calgarian on the roster, but uh, what was the process of getting recruited and making the decision to go to UBC? There was a few aspects to it for me. Obviously, I was I was you know aware of the you know the the prestige that kind of the UBC men's soccer team had in the you know the world of U sports with their uh, kind of dominance over their 
entire existence uh with like the most banners and and whatnot so like that was definitely of interest to me i wanted to play for a team that was competitive every single year and another big one was was school for me like i was i'm an engineering student and so for me i i, I knew that ubc was one of the like best engineering programs in the country so looking at those two aspects it kind of all directions pointed towards UBC. And then, yeah, I kind of like got in contact with, with Mike, like our, our coach um, in grade 11 and just went out there a couple of times, did some ID camps, trained with the team a little bit, got some more exposure. And then um, to be fair, photos had also set up um, like a few, I don't know how to, like kind of like exposure games, like exhibitions where they brought in some coaches, like U of A was there and Lethbridge and, and UBC flew out and like just different, different coaches from kind of Canada West had flown in specifically for like to look at guys. And so obviously I took part in, in those games and had more conversations with coaches specifically Mike. And yeah, as, as kind of things progressed, um, we had a couple trips out there with photos as well to UBC, uh, just continued to kind of develop that relationship. And, and then when, um, when kind of my grade 12 year came around i knew that i was i was thinking about going there i made my intentions kind of clear to to mike and my plan for school and for soccer and we were both on the same page and one thing led to another and i signed with upc looking ahead for this year what are your goals and aspirations for the rest of this season i mean i think like at the end of the day we had a very disappointing loss last year, as I'm sure you might know, mm-hmm. uh, in that national final. So I think that's kind of left a you know bitter taste in our mouths. So I think that it's a kind of a collective goal, but it's obviously an individual goal for myself as well to get back to that game and to you know end up on the on the right side of it this year. So I think that's been kind of lighting a fire in in all of us, uh, myself included, which is why we're you know doing quite well to start the season, and I think we plan to do well throughout the season. So I'd say that's you know a, a larger kind of collective goal. But you know I just want to continue to help my help my team in, in any way I can, and, and as as a striker, you know my responsibility is you know either scoring goals or setting goals up and getting involved in the play so if i can kind of you know continue to do that then then i will i don't have any like set benchmarks i don't think uh there's any need to kind of put extra pressure on myself to reach reach a certain goal or whatnot i think big goals will come if i get in the right places and my teammates will find me so i'm going to kind of continue to do what i do and as long as we're winning games that's all i really care about personally like what's your plan going forward like right now um you you're in your third year of eligibility and you know i think when you're scoring as many goals as you are i think that that's bound to get some attention potentially uh, professionally what are your thoughts are you thinking at at some point you you want to go down that road or i know it's um, i know it's a little it's a little ahead of things but still what yeah, where are yeah. you at <laughs> no i mean i mean I, i've definitely you know i've definitely taken some thought into it even before the season i think that i'm like i'm not ruling anything out whatsoever i i'm trying to keep as much of an open mind as possible and and uh see where things go with with professional soccer i mean at the end of the day no, I think um, anyone playing at this kind of level has probably dreamt of playing professional soccer at one point or another in their life. Um, I know for me, it's always been, uh, you know, a, a goal. You know, if if, if CPL teams uh, are, are looking or reaching out, then I'd be happy to, you know, listen to them and take their calls and whatnot. And and maybe I'll I'll look towards, you know, going to Europe or something. Uh, I do I, I do have that Polish background, as you can tell by my last name. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, you know, opportunity with the Polish passport to maybe try something in there 
but uh, like nothing concrete as of right now is, as, as I think it is still a little bit, uh, you know, too soon to say, but um, it's definitely on the table. I definitely am considering it. Like in terms of uh, like schooling, I don't really know. I, I could be graduating this year. I might be graduating next year. Maybe I'll go back and play some more at UBC. That's all stuff that I'm going to kind of have to work out. Thanks very much. It's, it's Sebastian Jitkowski. Um, yeah, there you go. So thanks, Sebastian, for uh, taking the time to do the interview today. And we wish you all the best for the rest of this season and beyond. Of course. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks to Sebastian Jitkowski for sitting down with us for a few minutes and uh, chatting about the season. As we've been doing, we'll we'll continue on doing this. Uh, is we'll we'll run through U Sports and and talk about what happened this past weekend. And uh, let, let's start off with uh, talking about the men's side. Mount Royal uh, on the men's side, they had two wins. They had a victory against Victoria and also over University of Fraser Valley, which I think they actually won five nil on that one. They're now ranked six nationally. They were seventh last week, and yeah, they're looking pretty good. And if you want to throw it back to a Cavs perspective, uh, Nick Moroniak, who was with the Cavs earlier this year, and I think he played in one match, part of a few minutes in one match, and then he he I think he broke his collarbone. He had a significant injury. Anyway, he's um, he's been playing regularly for for Mount Royal, and uh, he scored in the one match against Victoria. So I think he's got a couple goals this season. So it sounds like he's uh, slipped right in there and uh, has been contributing uh, for the Cougars, um, which is a really strong team. And from the Dino standpoint for the men, they had a win and a tie. They tied Trinity Western and they beat UNBC. And that was um, their first win of the season. Yeah. So MRU has been having a really good season. Obviously, uh, two clean sheets this past weekend. And then on the Dino side, it's interesting because they were the, the Canada West runner-up last year. But they've uh, they've had a tough time getting going so far. They're uh, they're rocking a one three and two record at the moment, and they're in fifth place in in the Prairies Conference, which only has six teams. So it hasn't been really their year. Uh, but Mount Royal are right up there, uh, challenging for first place. But yeah, Mount Royal and, and University of Alberta are the two top teams in in Canada West at the moment. Dinos have fallen off a bit from last year, which I think makes sense considering they did graduate quite a few of their stronger players, right? Eric Hobbs, for instance, isn't with that team anymore. And and neither is Garrett Smith-Doyle. Okay, let's talk about on the women's side. And Dinos women had two ties. They tied Trinity Western 3-3, where previous podcast guest Rachel Barlow scored all three goals for the Dinos. And then they also tied um, Fraser Valley, nil-nil. Then moving on to Mount Royal, the women's, they had a win uh, against uh, the University of Alberta. And then they played McEwen, and they were losing to McEwen 2-0. And then they called the match due to air quality. So I don't exactly know what the plan is for finishing that up. As it stands in the standings right now, that game doesn't count as anything if they haven't included it in there. Okay. But a great weekend for Rachel Barlow getting that that hat trick in that one game. So the Dinos haven't. When was their last win? Because I feel like they they got off to a really hot start, but uh, they're four one and two at the moment. And yeah, it looks like they they've uh, they lost to McEwen on the tenth, and then they tied. Yeah, they tied Trinity Western and University of Fraser Valley. So they're a couple. They're three games without a win after starting the season with four wins on the bounce. 
So a little bit of a dip in form for the for the Dinos, but they'll be uh, hoping to get back uh, get back to winning ways against UBC Okanagan on the road this Friday. Probably the day this episode comes out. Let's move over to uh, the colleges and ACAC and start on the women's side and state women keep rolling on. They got two wins. They won eight, one against olds and four, one against red deer. They're four and no ranked 14th nationally, which is the same as last week. And, and um, Ambrose women, they, they had a couple losses four nil and, and seven nil. So uh, they continue on at, at uh, winless. And on the men's side, the state men also uh, got a couple victories and big ones at that. They beat Olds 8-0 and they beat Red Deer 7-1. So their record is 3-0 and they're ranked second nationally up from third. The last thing to mention here on this side for the men's side is Ambrose men. They won 2-0 against Medicine Hat. And I believe that this is their fifth year of existence and that is their second victory ever. Yeah, that's um, positive progress, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, that's quite the story, and that's great news for Ambrose. And it was, it, you know, they won two nothing. It's not like they won one nothing. But Sate, like they just are steamrolling teams. I don't even know what the the women's goal differential must be right now, considering they had those two huge wins opening weekend. Eight one win over Olds and four one win over Red Deer, which was the team that won the ECAC title last year, if I recall correctly. Great weekend for them, and and equally strong weekend on the men's side and and yeah that's quite the that's quite the recognition to be ranked second in, in canada yeah and I, I think the one thing i'm wondering about right now on the women's side is uh, i think lethbridge college is still ranked above them so the big question right now is when do those two face off and to tell you the truth i didn't look in advance but i think it's coming up pretty soon in fact it could even be um, within the next weekend or two. So that should be really interesting if those two teams play each other, because I think those would be two nationally ranked teams in Alberta that will face each other in regular season play. Yeah, they're in the same division, of course. I'm going to look that up right now, actually. Oh, I see it. September 30th. So next weekend. So next weekend will be the heavyweight South Division ACAC battle between Sates and uh, Lethbridge College. Okay, well, I think we've kind of hit most of the points that we usually hit. We kind of have fallen into a, a familiar format here uh, over the last few weeks, but uh, but I think that um, we we did kind of uh, cover off the, the main things we wanted to uh, to address for this week. Is there anything else, Scott, that you wanted to to throw out there right now? Or no, I don't think so. I uh, yeah, I think it's great to keep talking about um, college and university soccer as well as cavalry. Maybe next week we'll we'll switch it up a little bit, or maybe the order that we talk about these respective teams. But overall, I mean, there's you know a lot to talk about, and uh, I'm happy to keep talking about these levels of soccer. Yeah, definitely. And I've been trying to talk to some people about uh, being guests on the podcast, and and maybe maybe we'll continue on with having someone from post-secondary or the Cavs, but maybe we'll be able to um, go in a different direction and, and get someone different. Uh, tune in next week to find out. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the YYC Soccer Podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast by using all the usual podcasting platforms. Head over to our website at yycsoccer.com for more information about how to subscribe or to leave a question or comment. You can also follow us on Twitter at yycsoccer403. Thanks for listening.